This Podcast Movement 2022 audio session is brought to you by Supporting Cast, the best way to sell and deliver exclusive podcasts. And special thanks to PM22 Virtual Ticket Presenting Sponsor, Amazon Music. My name is Dan Hughley. I work for a company called Focusrite. We're sponsoring the technical track. So if you haven't seen me up here before, welcome. And if you have, I will be very quickly... Uh, getting out of your way um, for our next presentation. This is going to be a fun one, I can tell, because there's a lot of energy in this room. Is everybody excited? Yeah, there it is. All right, we, we make a little product called Vocaster, which we made specifically for all of you. It is a podcast interface. It's not made for music. It is made specifically for podcast. So if you haven't heard of this, go down to our booth. We'll be happy to give you a demo. Uh, if you want to enter to win, there's some of these cards laying around the room. I ran out of them, and they cleaned them out. Oh, there we go. We got a helper there. Scan this QR code. Enter for your chance to win a Vocaster 2 Studio. Uh, I'm sorry, Vocaster 1 Studio valued at about $300. And if you want to not press your luck, you can buy one at 10% off from our e-store. Today, I am very happy to, to announce that uh, Tal Linear is here. And you're going to learn a lot about painting with sound. Such a great thing. Like, sound really helps develop your story. So you're going to help build, building, and you're going to learn how... That's a hard one. I'm going to enter that one. Sorry. Let me, let me take two. Painting with sound. Building an audio landscape like painting a picture. So let's give it up for Tal, everybody. All right. These lights are so bright, oh my goodness. All right, yeah, I'm here today to talk about painting with sound. It's gonna be a more artsy presentation about sound design. We're not gonna super touch on the techie stuff like DAWs and whatnot. Um, and I hope it will be fun. So let's go. I love your energy. All right, so I started by looking at what the heck is a soundscape? What am I trying to build when I am sound designing a scene? And I, I took this and I sort of broke it down. Like, what do I want to know? What the environment is? What are people doing in it? What does it sound like? Is there music in the scene? You want to know things like, you want to answer the questions of where is it taking place? Where are the people and the things? What do those things sound like? What are they doing? What does that sound like? How do we know that's what they're doing? Is there background music? How does it all make you feel? I spend so much time just thinking about sound and like how things sound. Should it sound like that? Is it weird? I was walking up an escalator the other day and I was like, that made a really satisfying like chunk, 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 and I wish I had a recorder. Like I think about sound all the time. And as someone who is also an artist, I think about light all the time. You, you want to answer the same questions when you're painting a picture that you are when you're sound designing a scene. What's the environment? What are people doing? How do we know they're doing what they're doing? What does the light look like? Every time I look up at the sky, I think about the colors of clouds because they change. If you ask someone like, oh, what, what color is a cloud? They're like, white. I don't know, it might be gray. It might be like slightly off-white. If the sun is behind it, I watch the way the light like gets thrown by the clouds. And I do the same thing with sound. I think, how is this sound being impacted by the world around it? And so, thus, yeah, where is it taking place? What are the people doing? What does that look like? What's in the background? And how does it make you feel? Because a big thing about painting, especially for a creative hobby, 
is that ideally you want someone to feel something when they look at your art. And so it's the same for pictures, for sound, for most art. We're making art, y'all. And so, with that in mind, let's look more at that. So my first tip for thinking about sound design as art is to use the entire palette available to you. It's not so much what you add, be it colors or sounds, it's how you add it, it's how you smudge that blob of paint across a page, or what filters you put on the sound that you drop into your scene. You have painting supplies, like panning, volume, how loud or soft is a thing, what's the pitch of it? How does it fade in and out? How does it echo around the room or lack of room? How can it be distorted and made to sound like it's not what it is? And then there's also automation. This is kind of a weird one, but you can set up code to have things do things on their own, just like you can set up code to make a picture on its own. And then you have all the sounds you drop in. What I'm trying to get at is it's not just the sounds you pick to drop into your scene, but it's how you drop those sounds into the scene. Just like it's not what you draw, it's how you draw it. I'm keeping this analogy going. <laughs> and thus, layer sounds like you layer paint. Create an image one sound at a time and stack all those sounds on top of each other to make something really cool. Just like when you paint, you don't add one layer of acrylic paint on a canvas and call it a day, usually. You tend to blend things together, stack them on top of each other, mix it around. Do that with sound. We have our first example. Um, so on the screen, you'll see a short little sound effect I wrote for myself, like when I was building this, not for this specific presentation. And these are the questions I asked myself. We have a canister, lift it up, and its contents dumped across the floor in a large warehouse. Um, and so I looked at that and I went, okay, large warehouse, little bit of reverb probably. I wanted tile or on this warehouse. I say tile, hard floor basically. I didn't want to do, deal with panning. There's a canister, there's the liquid, no music, it's a short action. But I had to break down this short action into all of its components. Because it turns out, it's really hard to just have a stock effect of someone grabs a really large canister with rocket fuel and just spreads it all across the floor. That wasn't in my sound bank. So, <laughs> shocking. So what I did is I was like, okay, we're picking it up, we're passing it over, we're opening it, we're pouring it, we're setting it down. And at some point, we're gonna have liquid hit the ground. And this is what that action looked like. Uh, look at all those layers. And you, you'll see I tried to color code for each action of when it was picked up, passed over, opened, poured, and set down. And if this works, we're gonna hear how that sounded like. Sherry, if you will, just one. Uh-oh, that's not good. Yes, this is supposed to be fuel. It was placed specifically for us to steal. Don't steal rocket fuel, y'all. Um, but something I ran into building the scene was you can tell when water is poured in a single spot and spread across the floor. And it's so annoying when you want the other but only have sounds for the one. 
And I really, like, this is a pivotal moment in this scene, so I really wanted the listener to understand that, like, this rocket fuel is all over the ground. And so I tried my best to add all the layers to make it sound like problems were afoot. And then, next tip, create consistency of style. You want to surprise your listener in good ways, not bad ways. And let me expand on what that means. Sounds coming from the same place or thing should sound like they're coming from the same place or thing. Like panned to the same area, similar reverb, consistent material. If someone is putting a jacket on and you're using a bunch of like denim sounds and you sneak in like, I don't know, a leather like stretch, the audience is probably gonna be like, wait, hang on, what is this jacket? But the, the, the great secret about this is that you set your own listener expectations. So you can get away with so much. I have a friend who doesn't tend to use footsteps in their, their scenes, and they can get away with that because they, they never do. So the listener is never expecting footsteps in a scene. But if you spend all your time having characters physically walk places, and you can hear it, and it sounds good, and then suddenly everyone's floating, it's going to be probably a bad surprise. So you can, you can get away with so much stuff because you tell them what to think, and it's great. Next tip, pick complementary sounds like you would pick complementary colors. The whole thing is better than every little thing that goes into it. So such, what I mean by this is, um, let's say we have a big cave with sort of a low droning sound. I wanna have maybe more high-pitched or staccato sounds to kind of balance that out and create something that feels more whole instead of just having a bunch of really low droning things. So in this scene, we have a cave with a platform, a platform, and trouble afoot. Um, so it's this big cave, lots of echo. I decided that the floor would be gravel because I wanted that sort of crunchiness of gravel to balance the droning of the cave. I also just really like how gravel sounds. I think it's so satisfying. So I didn't do like stone footsteps. I thought it would be more fun to do something else. Um, for panning, I had one character on one side and the other a little bit on the other side. Don't ever pan all the way left or right if you want your, your audience to hear that noise. Only do it if you're like, this is not important, this is just fun. Um, yeah, and so I had some music that was just foreboding. I wanted the cave drone and the music to sound the same. So you didn't really know what was what, and so your imagination could start to play tricks on you. Because this is a horror show, kind of. And so, this is a longer scene. You can see, I put the script up here, and I put my DAW for the beginning of this scene over there. I had to cut out some because there were many tracks. But we can hear all of them, hopefully. Yes. Come on, put your back into it, Manny. I could use some help, Professor. Nonsense. You've got it. Besides, what am I paying you for? You paid for a jungle guide. Ugh. 
I um I I can't believe it. This is remarkable. No, no, you're welcome. It was my pleasure. Do you realize what this is? No, but I'm sure you're about to. If I'm correct, and I believe I am. Hmm. The floor of the structure seems to be made of sapodillo wood. Mm. Okay, so I w I'm going to point out some of my favorite things about this scene. I hope you could kind of hear the low drone um, and the gravel that I talked about. I also snuck in this creaking of ropes because it's sort of a higher pitched noise, but it's not as crackly as gravel. And it's really foreboding. I love me a good rope creak. <laughs> yeah, that's that scene. Next. Don't limit yourself to pure realism. You don't need things to actually sound like they're things if you don't want them to sound like they're things. You can have a style of sound design. Sound design isn't limited to, quote unquote, photorealism. When people draw things, they don't always draw them exactly as they are, and you're allowed to do the same thing for sound. This is going to be my example of this. So here, we have someone just monologuing into their recorder, and they're creating their own version of a golden record. And now, in the scene, it wasn't really feasible to have someone recording themselves and then, like, tapping keys to play audio in the background. And the conceit of this show is that, quote unquote, in universe, there's no editing. So you're just supposed to hear things as they're recorded. But for this scene, I went, can I swear? I'm going to swear, cover your ears. Fuck that. Um, <laughs> and I went, I don't care if this is really realistic. It's going to be really cool if I do it this way. So then I did. And no one has emailed me about it. So this is the same monologue. And this is my DAW. I couldn't color code. There's too many things. I ran out of colors. But there's little icons for what each thing is. And what I did is I just faded from one to the other. You'll see, again, more layering. Um, and yeah, so you, I didn't want to hear thing, thing, thing. I wanted to hear everything together fading from one to the other, kind of like music. And so we're going to hear it. I've included a few of my favorite sounds, plus a few that I think are important for posterity's sake. There's the sound of wind and rain, crickets and frogs, the sounds of traffic and tools, of mama making halva while dad brews tea, thunder and gunfire, my brothers and sisters, nieces and nephews laughing and playing in the sun, the sound of drones flying overhead, my own heartbeat, Music, as much as I could get my hands on. I've also included the sounds of dogs, cats, rats, as many animals as I could find. Dad found me an old recording of a goat. It sounds a lot cuter than I expected, I gotta say. Some sounds were harder than others to get a hold of. Whales and horses. Volcanoes. The sound of an F-22 taking off. A Saturn V launch. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Birds.
I'm so sorry to the person in this audience who got surprised by whales. I love you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm hoping you could kind of hear what the pictures were. I'm going to assume you are. Don't tell me if you didn't. Um, but some of the things I wanted to point out, like the, the music you heard, that's the theme song for the episode that you hear at the beginning, I think, and at the end for sure. Does it make sense for this character to have access to the music for their show? No. Did I care? No. And it worked. It was great. I love this scene. Um, and I also tried to balance the sound of the object with the person saying what the object is. So like for the heartbeat, I had it fade in before they said heartbeat. So that you're not just hearing heartbeat really quick heartbeat, surprise, and then something else. I wanted to have it sort of be more casual and smooth, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah. I'm trying, I'm eyeing all of my icons to see if I forgot anything. Nope, all right, we're good. Next, connect with emotions. You're telling a story. And this is something that is sometimes hard for me to remember at my DAW, when I'm writing this story, I think of all the emotions all the time. Same when I'm acting or directing. But when I'm sitting in my chair at my desk, hunched over like a little gremlin, it can be easy to forget that, oh, this is art. This is supposed to make people feel things. And so therefore, I try to remember that when I can because I think it makes sound design better if you're trying to toy with people's emotions. You can do so much with sound design beyond just adding sounds to things. You can build a scene or a world that's calm and comforting and lovely and satisfying. You can give someone stability through sound alone and then take it away and make them fearful and uneasy and feel tension. You can convey things like motion with sound or growth and just generally feelings with sound. It's important to think about what do you want the listener to feel and what do you want them to imagine beyond the visuals? Because we all have more than one sense. We're not just seeing things or just hearing things. And when you're sound designing, a lot of the time I am thinking about, okay, what do I want them to hear? What do I want them to imagine like visually? But it's also important to be like, what do I want them to imagine emotionally? How do I want them to be seated, seat, sitting, not seating? How do I want them to be sitting when they're listening? Do I want it to be relaxed or do I want them on the edge of their seat about to fall on the floor? Like, I don't know, I think about this all the time. And so, let's put all of the things I rambled on about together with sort of an exercise. So, let's say I want to build a scene that is a happy forest. I don't know why anyone would want a happy forest in their show. What, do, what emotions do I want someone listening to this happy forest to feel? I was like, okay, cool, calm, cozy. I want things to crinkle. I want things to crackle. They're all C's, I don't know why, it's just this one. So that's where I started. I was like, okay, if I was the character in this scene, what would I be feeling? And I was like, okay. If I was the audience listening to this, what would I want them to be feeling? 
And then I pulled a bunch of sounds that I thought evoked these feelings or these emotions. I was like, okay, I want it to feel cool. So I was like, okay, let's have a little bit of wind. And that wind is gonna go through trees and leaves. And we'll get this really nice rustling that will contrast with this wind. Something kind of constant and low with something more higher pitched and kind of staccato. You'll maybe be reminded of our like little hanging wooden platform. I do this all the time. I wanted um, like some birds, maybe a little bit of crickets if this is at night. I want a fire, like a little campfire. And I love how fire sounds because it's crackly, it's comforting. You can hear the low rumble of the fire with the little like sticks and wood breaking apart in it. And that's just a really satisfying sound for me, so I put it in everything. I wanted like some bushes rustling and I could find looking in bushes, and I was like, no one's gonna know what these bushes are doing. <laughs> I wanted um, if someone to be walking. Uh, again, I love gravel. I was like, it'll be gravel. But one might have like some branches or leaves to kind of spice it up. And that was my thought process going into this one. And I'm hoping you can see the application of the principles within this scene. And so we're gonna do another one that's really different. A scary elevator. Why would someone want a scary elevator in their podcast? I don't know. Hope no one dies in it. <laughs> but okay, what do I want people to feel? Unsettled, tense, sense of foreboding. And like what sounds give me those feelings? Grinding, scratching, like maybe stretching. Again, I talked about ropes being pulled. It's a terrible sound, I hate it and I use it in everything. Um, also screeching, metal screeching, I hate it so much. And it's really great when you want people to hate the scene that is happening. Usually like metal screeching isn't a good sign, that's why no gates in horror movies are ever oiled. <laughs> and it just like, it makes you go, oh no, stop. And you can kind of sympathize with the characters who are probably going, oh no, stop. I don't want to die in this elevator. And so I looked, these are all sounds I have, by the way, like I have a giant, very well organized, for sure, definitely, SFX folder that I pull things from. And I was like, okay, let's see what we got. I'm sure it'll be fun. Um, a mo industrial machine motorized were cable lift. It's like, yeah, something, put it in. I was like, this, this elevator has a motor somewhere. It'll be fun. Um, gears, gears metal slow, specifically. It's like, this motor has a gearbox somewhere. You don't know, I'm a mechanical engineer, so I think a lot about how things are supposed to work. And should the gears I put in the scene sound that loud? No, that's not how gears work. Did I care? No. Uh, I was like, okay, yeah, pull, pulley rope. That'll, that'll sound really, really fun. Do elevators these days have pulleys and rope? Not really, like they have steel cable and like the, it goes up and down, but it's not a pulley with a rope. I don't care, all right, put it in. Um, again, with the pulleys, boats swing two pulleys fast. This excellent screeching noise, put it in. This elevator has boat pulleys now. No one needs to know. 
I guess, except for you, it's a secret. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, these doors are going to open and close at some point. Time for industrial elevator doors open, close, ride, stop, tone. It was just a really good noise. And I think a lot of the time doors opening and closing sound way too similar and I hate it. So normally when doors close, I give them a second door closing because it sounds more satisfying with like a little thud. It's not how the doors sound like. It's how I think the doors should sound like. So that's how they sound like in my podcasts. Um, and then impact sheet light, again, just really good metal, metal rattling. Have you ever been in an elevator and it started rattling? Me, two days ago, I hated it. Great, put it in. The listener will be like, oh, oh, that's not a good sound. That's what I want them to feel. And then lastly, machine hall ambience big motors. This was like this really low kind of whirring sound. I think it's from a warehouse that had like these big machines in it. I'm not really sure. And I also didn't care it sounded good. I put it in. And now it is your turn. Um, yeah, so what would this situation sound like? This is not something that really exists in this world yet. Someone's at a spaceship and there are things going like pew, pew, pew at it. This is probably a tent scene, right? Maybe, probably. Great, let's put some alarms, right? That'll make people uneasy. Don't ever put the FCC alarm tones in your podcast. <laughs> this came up recently. I'm still mad about it. Another thing, speaking of alarms, don't put sirens in your podcast. People listen in cars. But we're going to get some really weird sci-fi sirens because this is a sci-fi scene. And now I'm going to like try to call on people. Does anyone else have suggestions? I'm making you do work. Yell it, Nick. Breathing. Breathing. Yes. I don't know why this, per this person in this stock photo is wearing a helmet in their spaceship. That maybe there's not oxygen there. Yeah, we can add some like really tense, that'll be great, perfect. Ellie. Very fun, intense music. Very fun, intense music. I love that. You can set the stakes through music alone. Um, the other day, this is a tangent, I was playing me some Skyrim and I was in and in and the battle music kept playing. <laughs> that was the scaredest I've been playing Skyrim. I was like, I just rented a room, what's going on? <laughs> so use the right music, but sometimes the right music is the wrong music. Orange hoodie, I don't know your name. Um, clicking switches, buttons. Yes, I have a whole folder just labeled buttons. And then same thing as the doors. When the button doesn't click nicely enough, I, I layer it so like one click of a button might be like three buttons secretly because it sounds right then. Yes, there's so many, I love this. Yes, metal shaking and crashing. This spaceship's probably made of metal, right? Oh, if that spaceship gets a hole in it, well, he's got a helmet on, but it's still not gonna be good. Perfect. Oh, I love that. Yeah, silence is one of my favorite sounds to put in, do you? I don't like put this drag and drop the silence in, but you know what I mean. Silence can be so unsettling. You want to play with your listener expectations. If they're expecting sound and there isn't, they're going to be like, 
why. And it'll scare them and it'll be great. Caro. Um, the yes, you have to decide what the spacesuit is made out of. Like what type of fabric. I would just find one that sounded good and I had a lot of rustling in and drop it in. And it would probably be pretty good. I love that. Trace. Engines. Engines. Yes, it's a spaceship. I would have the engine of the, I'm going to call it the main ship with our helmeted fellow. And then if I wanted to, have the sound of the engines of the other ship. Does sound travel in a vacuum? No. Would you ever hear ships from outer space if you're in outer space? Absolutely not. Do I care? No, it's going to sound great. Yes. Air pressure changes. Something is punctured and air is escaping. Where is the air escaping from? Is it the spacesuit? Is it the helmet? Is it just the ship? And we're like, well, that's a problem for future astronaut, but right now they're doing okay. You, you can pose questions with sound and dangle the answer above your listener and make them figure it out. And that can create a lot of emotion when you're trying to solve a puzzle. And if you can't solve the puzzle, you're gonna be like, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. And that's tension and it's gonna be so great and fun for everyone except the person listening. <laughs> Brian. Yes, snarky AI computer. Oh, that could be some really great character dynamics. And you could, I'm not gonna swear again, you could mess with how well that AI sounds. Maybe a system gets hit and now we have static and things are crackling. We're like, oh, that's a problem. We've created so many problems. And anyone else, I wanna give everyone a chance. Pew pew laser beams by hitting a metal string. Oh, this is a great example of do pew pew laser beams sound like a specific thing? Well, we don't really have them. They're usually like lasers and they sound like the machine powering the laser. No, I want some pew pew. So we're gonna throw those in, Star Wars style. Yes, old school chunky keyboard typing sounds. Yes. Yes, modulating words in the background as the machinery is working. I'm trying to repeat things for the mic. Yes, absolutely. Is that a hand? Yes. Space dust hitting the windshield. Yes, maybe there is like an asteroid or generic space rock that gets hit instead of the ship. And now you have these like piercing rubble noises that are gonna be low, but not rumbling like the ship in a constant way. They're gonna be low, but piercing, and it's gonna balance really well with that low rumbling. Yes, this is all great. I love that you've all been able to apply my tips at the back. Sobbing. Sobbing, yeah, we created a lot of problems for this man. <laughs> And apparently now we've got someone having a breakdown. Great. And the snarky AI.
can be really mean. Ooh, that, see, we have made an amazing scene and we've done it solely through sound. That's what painting with sound is. We've created something that appeals to emotions, makes people feel things, and also just has some very fun sounds in it that are just gonna be fun to hear. Is this going to be accurate to what this situation would really sound like? Like if an astronaut was on the ISS and something hit the space station. It's not gonna sound like this. Does it matter? No, we've made something way more cool and it's a sci-fi show. So if anyone criticizes us, we can just be like, physics are different here. Get with the program, like it's great. And now, it's time for questions. We have 10 minutes and 35 seconds. If anyone has questions for stuff I did not touch on, I should have given you more warning, I'm sorry. But yeah. I'm going, I'm going to him first and then I'll come back. Cool. Um, this might be a little bit of a different topic, but for us, when we're trying to sound design, it's always how much time do we have? How much are they allowing us to try to fit into a, a, a certain schedule? Like we want to do all of this, but always don't always have the, the uh, support. Is there any suggestions? I'm kind of curious, like how much time you have to spend when you're doing these projects and how you kind of, if there's any tips on making it faster. Making I it love that question. I am usually my own producer. So how much time I have for sound design depends on how long I've procrastinated the sound design for the deadline I've set my show to come out. So usually however long I want, not always. And when I, when I land in a not always situation, I think about what sounds are most important. What will get the emotions I want people to feel across most quickly with the least work? Sometimes I do this really careful balancing of like, sounds I think are cool together and fade it in really cool and I don't know, do some weird plug-in nonsense. And then sometimes I'm just like, this person is walking from point A to B, they're in a forest. So I'm like, forest ambiance, go in. My footstep track, I'm not using a, a plugin. I have some just preset, this person is walking footsteps. I plop that in and I call it a day. And then sometimes I'm like, I want this forest to sound better. And then I layer three or four forest sounds and it's really fun. Yeah, so it's just about prioritizing what will get the scene across in the least amount of work and having fun with it when you can. Thank you so much, Clark Chapman from the Appleseed Podcast here in Provo, Utah. Uh, thanks so much, by the way. This is great. Uh, I'm one of the sound designers, senior sound designers on our team for our radio dramas that we produce. And our audio engineers, they do what we've been doing today, been adding lots and lots of sounds. My question is, and what they struggle with is, how do we find clarity for the listener when there's no visuals to support any of these things? So I heard a lot of specific things, but when we don't have visuals, how, how can we find some clarity in our sound design? The best way to create clarity in sound design is to do it from the start and write a script for sound. If you rely really heavy on sound effects, you have to be really specific about how you rely heavily on it. I've seen scripts from people and it's their first time writing for audio and it'll be like, sound, they pick up a mirror, look in it, smile, set that mirror down and walk away. And I'm like, no one's gonna know anything just happened. But if you have multiple characters in the scene, they could be like, oh, hang on, I need to like check my face. 
for whatever, for whatever reason. And then, okay, they're checking their face, presumably with a mirror, unless they're very good at something else. <laughs> and you've set that scene. And so that sort of clatter of the mirror being put down on the table has something anchoring it visually. This is why I love putting swords in my podcasts, <laughs> because that shing of a sword coming out, people know what it is, and then you have a sword in your scene. And so I think visual clarity really starts at the script level, but sometimes you're just given a script and you're like, all righty. And from there, it's just really levels and balancing the pitches of things and the frequency and doing your best. <laughs> sometimes it's just good luck. Hi. Hi. I want to talk about one of our favorite topics. Room tone, what is the importance of room tone? Room tone is so good. I put room tone in everything. What is room tone? The tone of a room. What is the tone of a room? It's how a space sounds, even if it's a sound you would overlook. So like, let's listen to this room tone. That's not silence. So if we had a scene in this room, We'd have like, I don't know, people futzing with something over there. These lights definitely hum a little bit. Um, there's carpet in here, but these are so, so echoey. So if I had people talking, I would throw a little bit on. A lot if they're on a mic. And then in the spaces between conversations, I would find probably just a generic room tone and I'd slap it on. Because you can tell the difference subtly between the sound of a quiet room, and the sound of literally nothing. And it can do so much to just anchor your scene in a physical space. And if you're working with remote dialogue from actors recording in different places, putting some room tone on does wonders for someone being like, oh, these characters are in the same room, instead of having nothing at all. And then you're paying attention to what's in the background of the takes your actor gave you instead of just what's in the background of the scene. When things are constant, they kind of fade out of sort of your observation. But when things jump in and out, you're gonna notice. And so if you have room tone in one actor's takes and no room tone in another, you're gonna hear something coming in behind, behind that actor. But you can cover it with your own room tone, and that's great. And also like noise reduction, but sometimes you get what you get and you cry, but it's fine. I love room tone. Put even like the most subtle like hum of a space, it's so good. Put it in, only have absolute silence when you want absolute silence. I loved your question. Yep. Uh, do you ever work with subconscious sounds? I know in horror movies they sometimes use stuff that's so low end that human ears can't hear it, but it's still freaks people out and creates a sense of danger? And do you have any uh, tips or advice for working with sounds you can't hear? I love the idea of working with sound I can't hear. <clears throat> but I also really like hearing the sounds I work with. And I'm always really worried about how it's going to play out on speakers that aren't mine, because the range of what I can't hear isn't the range of what other people can hear. You know how those like teenagers in high schools set their phone ringtone to that really high, annoying frequency so the teacher can't, can't hear it? I'm so scared of doing that and just like really freaking out some dogs. <laughs> so 
I don't usually mess with it. And then on the low end, I'm worried about having a really loud sound that no one can hear. But then whatever processing is happening on the like Spotify's end or insert hosting services end here, I'm worried something is gonna be like, wow, this episode is so loud. Look at that really thick waveform. Let's make it quiet. And then you have the things you want people to hear and they're like, what was that? So I'm just too scared, but I love the idea. Yeah. So for real, I created a torture scene that takes place with an elevator. And uh, we should talk. Oh, I, <laughs> I went all the way with it. And so I sent it to a friend uh, to get some reaction to it. And his reaction was that he had to go in the other room and watch Saw to calm down. Uh, how do you know if you've gone too far? I know I've gone too far when people yell at me. Um, but this is, <laughs> I try to make the people who yell at me be like friends. So they go gently, no, instead of longing your email. Um, if I have a really intense scene, I'll send it to a friend and ask them for their reaction. Um, I, I made a really fun, really fun script about two people dying in an elevator. And I was like, this is kind of mean. And so I sent it to my friends and they were like, I'm crying now. And I'm like, well, you still are talking to me, so great. Like, it's just look for feedback and listen to feedback. Um, one of the really important things I do is content warnings on everything, usually in the audio at the start. This comes with me being my, my producer for the bulk of my work. So as showrunner of Someone Dies in This Elevator, I'm like, at the start of every episode, we go, this episode contains, insert whatever really fun stuff is happening, and we always end, and death in an elevator. And so anyone listening can be like, oh, hang on. I don't actually want to hear, like, a dog dying in this episode, and they skip it, and it's great. And then people who want their heart ripped out and stepped on can hit play, and everyone is theoretically happy. But again, if you're just sound designing someone else's work, you might not be able to do that. We have one more minute. Yeah, I was about to say, last question. Hey, could you share um, maybe a couple plugins you find help you express yourself creatively, and maybe a couple places to find some good sounds? There's a software called Tal Software, and their plugins are free, and I'm not sponsored, but Tal Software, come, come on. It's, it's fun. Um, come, Tal Software, please. Um, but on a more serious note, I, I use Isotope products a lot, um, usually to clean up audio. I use Phoenix Verb for reverb, just because I can really fine tune everything. Um, I use, I've forgotten every single plugin in my DAW right now. Um, I, I found this one, I don't remember the name, so this is probably not helpful, but it'll automatically pan the sound in really weird ways. And I had a scene with like a bunch of dragonflies flying around our main character, and I was like, ooh, these dragonflies are gonna fly around the listener too. Um, thank you, it's Energy Panner, MVP Chandler over here. Um, yeah, I like plugins that clean audio, and I like plugins that make audio worse. So I can have a lot of fun making things sound deliciously bad. I have 20 more seconds, but I can't think of any other plugins I use. I'm just gonna stare at you all for 20. Oh, it's counting up. Oh no, I'm bad. Okay, great, thank you so much.